Good afternoon and happy Wednesday to everybody. Uh, this is the 13th of September, 2023. It's about 11.23 a.m. So we're going to go ahead and... Uh, get into the podcast. It's been a while since I did a podcast. I know, I'm sorry, but we're going to do something a little bit different this time. Um, we've been, it's been extremely busy, and we have been non-stop work. Um, we are now starting to slow down again. It is uh, almost October, so it's about the time we slow down, and then we go into a whole um, kind of like a, a mid-season uh, uh Kind of like that slowdown, basically, in a mid-season break. And then we do the November will be your next time that we start to, to get busy again. So if you're a home inspector, you know that you will get busy again. It just takes some time. Um, don't forget about your marketing if you're doing marketing. And don't forget about the things that you need to do um, by talking to real estate agents. Get your name out there. Get heard. If you're new... Uh, you should be doing this every day, maybe throwing about $200 off your inspections for the first couple of months. And then uh, later on, you can you can then uh, bring it back to regular prices. If you don't know what regular prices are, um, best thing to do is contact a couple of home inspectors and uh, see what they're charging. Or check their website. Sometimes they have it on their website. I have mine on my website. Um, kind of helps out the client. Let them know that exactly uh, what they need to pay depending on the area that they're in. I have a Bay Area prices and I have regular prices as well. So it's good to, to have those ready uh, just in case. Um, don't forget that uh, if you are a home inspector as well and you are still getting, getting your name out there, um, then you definitely want to make sure that you contact as many different uh, clients as possible usually real estate agents are our clients so we're going to go ahead and uh, find areas basically we're looking in areas that are near us first and we stretch out about roughly 50 miles and some home inspectors like me we go about 100 miles so it's always good to really reach out as well okay so we have a different thing i want to do today um Normally, I tell you when you're you're buying houses and so forth, you know what you should be looking for when buying a house, and I'll do a little bit of that as well. Like right now, you know, older homes are actually more expensive than buying a brand new home on the market right now. And uh, if you were to buy a brand new home on the market, you're going to be dealing with that. Uh, prices will be higher. So, if you look at new homes um, and they have no new homes in the area that you're looking in. You know, you can, you can check the prices to make sure that the prices are equal or not above what you're looking for. And, of course, it's going to be, there's definitely going to be sometimes you're going to find a house that's maybe a 1970, 1975, and, um, and it's, you know, 785000 for 3,500 square feet. And then you look at a brand new home, 3,500 square feet, and it's going to be um, maybe like $600,000. So that's a time that we want to we look at both options. Now, new homes aren't the best because, of course, there's going to be a different material used than what we're um, in older homes. The material's newer. So it definitely has, um, because, you know, the, the, the people have been doing work over the years. So you have a lot of new work done, like trusses will be put into the attic spaces. Like a 1960 home, normally we don't put trusses in, but you'll have some, some redwood. You'll have some um, some cherry wood, and then maybe you'll even have some some oak um, or cedar. Now, all the new stuff we're using now is all cedar. So if you're buying an older home, it's possible that they did a lot of new work. Trusses have been put in. Cedar has been put in. 2x4s, 2x6s, 2x8s, attic spaces, exterior, T111 siding. Maybe front is wood, T111, and then the back is all stucco. Some people restucco their whole house, but older houses you have to get permission to do so by getting permits and identifying if it can actually take stucco, because older houses are built by different material. So it's always good to check um, the house, all the stuff that they did to it, all the new upgrades. That's like the number one. If you buy an older house and they did a bunch of new upgrades, it doesn't mean it's worth more. 
you need to make sure that one they're permitted so it's the worst been permitted that's the only time they're going to be able to go up in price and then two if it is permitted um what do they spend and how long ago did they spend it so if they spent it like a couple years ago well that's something different you know than what they spent just yesterday uh so those are things we want to look at also we want to make sure that uh we're identifying the house if it's older we want to identify what new cool things um that we can uh that we can do to it if we were to buy it so if i was like like me for instance if i was going to buy a home i want to identify that the house is ready for upgrades so if i'm going to buy a house and i'm i want to upgrade in a couple of years i can do so otherwise you're going to buy a house you go to upgrade and you find out you can't either because you don't have enough power um maybe you don't have enough um, amps. The uh, breaker box is already full, and it doesn't have any more space for for new stuff. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of different reasons behind it, and you definitely want to make sure you look at all this. Either having a home inspector check it out, or you can have someone else check it out, um, electrician, and so forth. So what I'm, what we're going to do today is I'm going to go over some houses that I would buy, that I would purchase. And hopefully this will give you a little bit of insight of, of how you, when you choose a house, how you are going to see things uh, progressively different than what I see. Um, and this kind of helps give you an idea of what you're looking at when you're going to be buying a new house as well uh, or an older house. So let's start with, oh, I'm going to do this real fast. Okay, so let's go ahead and start with uh, the size of a home. So if it's just you and one other, girlfriend, boyfriend, friend, or whatever have you, uh, smaller house, 1,200 to 1,350 square feet would be your best bet. So 1,200 is minimal, um, maybe even 1,000 square feet. And the prices of those are about 323000 to about 480000 depending if you're in Sacramento, West Sac, uh, or you're going farther out, farther out towards Stockton area, Lodi. If you want to go to Yuba City or Lincoln, it's a higher price, about roughly five hundred and fifty to six hundred and forty thousand dollars. Now, also the age depicts how much higher it's going to be. If it's a newer home, it's a lower cost of four hundred twenty-five thousand to five hundred forty-four thousand, roughly. Why, if it's an older home, you're looking about starting at four hundred and sixty-five thousand to all uh, all the way up to about. 580,000 uh, and then these are rough estimates of course they do change depending on where you are located if you're in certain areas like Sacramento you might look at a little bit higher margin on that and if you're in Antioch or Manteca uh, the prices are a bit higher as well so these are all areas that uh, we definitely want to look at if you're now, when you're choosing a new house or an older house, are you looking at the exterior areas and how how much space you have in the front yard or how much space you have in the backyard? Uh, for me, I don't care about the front yard as much as I care about the backyard. So I want to have a bigger backyard, smaller front yard. And why do I do that? It's because it's easier for me to maintain. I know that I can go in the backyard. I can maintain it easily. Why well, if I'm in the front and back, then I have to maintain the front, then I have to maintain the back. Maybe even paying somebody extra money to get that taken care of. So I save a lot of money in the long run because I don't have to worry about the expenses of the front lawn and watering it every single day. But the back lawn, I can water and I can add things to. So I have more space. Now, only older houses have a huge front area, front lawn, and sometimes even a huge back lawn or back area and so forth why newer houses have smaller backyards and even smaller front areas and the front areas are usually taken care of by the city because it's near the city street so finding an older home yes you'll be at the advantage of having a bigger backyard and sometimes even the disadvantage of having a bigger front yard and for me I'd rather have a roughly 2005 to a 2016 to 2017 home 
reason being is in 2005, the houses were starting to be built. Actually, even before that, the houses were being built with the foundation um, being liquidated with um, a termicide to prevent termites. So the termicide was inside the mixture of the cement, allowing for uh, better recreational homes and not worrying about the whole termite issue. Older homes did not. They are lifted foundations before 1979, sometimes even up to 1982, and they can have termites. And they can even get termites in the near future. If they've had a fumigation, it doesn't mean you cannot get termites again. It depends on what type of fumigation, what type of um, animals or creatures that were in there. Usually when a termite company does a uh, fumigation, it's because you either have um, uh, powder post beetles, um, dry wood termites, or um, an issue where you have beetles or termites or both. And usually it's, it's dry wood. It's not going to be the subterranean termites. Why dry wood termites fly to a short area and attach to your home or wood and then create a new nest, uh, the subterranean termites come from underneath uh, on the soil and identify themselves by making tubes along the wood because they are blind and they need the moisture. So to continue the water, they would use the, the tunnels to uh, help with the water issue because they need, you know, the moisture. And only the workers are doing the eating. And then they're helping feed the queen and the army. So, it's, it's a fumig an older house with a fumigation doesn't actually mean that you're going to be clear for the rest of your years. It means that it will be clear for a few years and then you may then uh, able to obtain those little boogers again. So, definitely one to make sure that you know this because... Um, this could be a chance of, of you finding a house, it's having having the fumigation or uh, some type of termicide added, and then, you know, the false hope of you actually having that, um, getting those creatures again. So we definitely want to prevent that. So in doing so, uh, I would say that uh, an older home, it's okay to buy if you want the big backyard, big front yard, but... For me, I really like the sweet spot of having that 2005 and up, um, but not the newest house on the market due to all the, the difficulties of the new housing and the labor shortages. So labor shortages basically added to the contractors finding loose work hand. Um, these are people off the road or off the street that may have a little bit of um, knowledge, but not fully uh, knowledgeable in that those fields. So, in difference, the um, contractors will have to to help them and teach them how to do the work, and that's going to take a long time. So, I don't really like those those newer houses. Um, I'm very happy with the older houses. They they really help me out a lot. And you know, if you're second owner, that's really good. Uh, third owner is really good as well. A third owner, you can be provided with a lot of awesomeness because you'll have the the back will be done and the the front will be done and and they'll have a lot of new work things that they've added over the years that really helps you out a lot. So definitely want to get that sweet spot area. If that's not the type of home for you, that's okay. I mean, it's not for everybody. It's just my point of view uh, and what I what I like. Um, so then we have. Uh, the newer homes, like I was saying, they do have issues with um, the newer homes having these these build issues lately. And it's very common. I mean, I've been hearing it all over the place. So what we'll do is uh, when you're looking at a new home, a brand new home, um, you definitely want to make sure that you have a home inspector that is going to do a pre-sheetrock inspection and then do a sheetrock inspection. Or you can have one that does both or uh, just one inspection throughout the whole thing. I just finished doing uh, two new homes here. One was with Taylor Morrison and one was with, um, oh, it's a new company. It's out in Folsom. Um, 
maybe not Asian. Uh, I was going to say um, ABC Homes, but I think it's a different company, uh, Regal, of Regal. Uh, anyway, so they're they're another company out there in Folsom that Folsom, California, that they're actually building new homes, and um, alongside of uh, Telemorrison and um, Lenar, and a lot of Lenar houses lately I've had some issues with. So make sure you have the tape and put everything everywhere you need to. Um, so that that will really help you in the long run. So don't worry about your um, your issues with your house. If you're having minor issues, that's okay. If you're having major issues, definitely want to get your inspector out there. If you're looking at it and you're seeing issues uh, that may kind of worry you a bit, definitely want to look at that. And like I said, if I'm going to buy a new home, I'm going to I'd buy it in maybe a year, two year old, and I would uh, probably buy it. After the first owner, so the second, I'd be the second owner two years later. It's easier for me. Then I know I, I have uh, what I need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. And then um, also buying a new home, you want to make sure that you're, you're doing your due diligence. Make sure you check it out yourself. Uh, definitely want to make sure that you're, you're looking at everything and you're putting your tape down, like I said. Uh, the tape is the, is the tape we put down to identify if there's any... You know, cracks, chips, breaks, that kind of thing. Um, oh, I don't want to do that. I pushed the wrong button on my on my computer. Give me one moment here. Uh, oh goodness. Okay. Um, so that's going to help with what you're looking for uh, for older and newer. So that's good to know. And if you have other issues with your new home, you, like I say, you can always call a home inspector up after your your six to eight months. And that will really help you out a lot too, because after six or eight months, um, you'll be after one year you'll be doing your your one year walkthrough. So six to eight months kind of gives you that that sweet area of where the inspector can find all the issues uh, and really help you um, with your final walkthrough and and make sure that you're getting what you paid for. I've had a lot of worry about new homes, not only because of these um, the builders. Uh, bringing in outside work but also because um, you know there's been a lot of uh, scrutiny over certain builders and and looking at that scrutiny I have identified that it's it's in just cause there are some areas that I feel that Lenar could do better and there's some other areas that I feel um, that uh, Taylor Morrison could do better and you know ABC or uh, our Honeycomb can maybe do a little bit better as well. Um, even though they have outside help, they've provided um, amazing steam with the amount of workers that they've put on each house. Uh, they're not as fast as Lenar because they're not speeding through it, which is really good. Uh, I know that there is a certain amount of time you can have after you put in um, you know, your permits to build the house. To make sure that you're meeting your quota, uh, but at the same time, we need to make sure that we're we're building a proper house and it's going to stand a long time, and we're not just building just to make our, our quota and money. And I know a lot of times these these contractors and these contractor generals, uh, the general um, managers, uh, the GMs, they they go out and they have to make sure everybody's in the same area and they're doing what they need to do. But they're very young. I mean, I've met two GMs in the last this last six, seven months, and one was 22, which is wow, 22 years old, and you're already a GM. That's that's too young. I mean, you need to go to college. You need to have your experience. And at 22, I don't think you have that college experience, um, especially if you just get out of college at you know 18. Really, it's it's not long enough, so I feel like you know some some of them maybe have been skipping skipping some corners here, and um, yeah, I, I mean twenty two is very young. I definitely want to see someone um, in the field for a while before before they become a GM. That's then um, another one I met recently it was twenty twenty four. I mean that's a little bit better, but. 
maybe anywhere from 24, 25, 26 to 32 uh, would be a really good GM. Um, if you're new in it, you know, you're not hiring the proper help. Um, I saw a lot of workers out there and they were always very dependent on their GM. So it's, it's also, um, I don't know if you're familiar with a lot of the construction workers, but some construction workers are, are uh, they like to drink on the job, you know, so you definitely want to watch that. Uh, it's a liability, especially if you're a GM. you got to be careful about liabilities. Uh, you definitely do not want to get in that kind of a settlement. And, I mean, that's, that's a job issue there. Job security is not there anymore. Uh, there are areas I've seen newer houses kind of have, um, improper, uh, ma- uh maintenance, uh, appliances, uh, I think I went to one backyard that was missing a step where it should have been. I mean, it was a very big drop from inside the house going out the backyard. And that's, that was a very big safety hazard. So definitely want to make sure that you're. You're getting that inspection to help you out, because that was that was pretty um, very knowledge. I mean, that was very noticeable, and that could have been prevented. Uh, so I did bring that up, of course, and that's going to help. Um, yeah, so buying the newer houses aren't always the best. A little bit older house may give you a, a better safety and, um, and happier living and more comfortability. Mm-hmm. They're building with um, cheaper supplies for some houses and cheaper supplies and, and, you know, they're selling the houses for more than what they should be. It's just going to be a whole mess later. So, yeah, definitely want to look at that. And then we need to also look at um, newer houses have no front yard, but small backyard. And I have noticed that some newer houses are being built on a hill or or um, or an incline. And the incline is uh, about 80 degrees to 72 degrees, which is a bit steep. So what do you do with that in your backyard? I mean, yeah, it might be a bigger backyard, but what do you do with it? Not much you can do. I mean, you can make a steps in the middle and then make maybe flatten out some areas and regrade. But the upper fence is, is way up there, you know, in the upper portion of the backyard. So you can't really uh, add to that. I mean, it is complicated. I've had to go over that with a few clients. And, you know, I, I told them they were able to see the lot prior to purchasing. And they said yes. So they knew it was there. Um, but, yeah, again, it's just not... It's not something that you know you wanna you wanna go through if you're buying a new home and you expect to have a nice decent backyard and you end up having a big inclined hill in the backyard and definitely not something that you can uh, you can live with because you can't do anything with it. So yeah, that would be an issue. Okay, so let's go ahead and go. What I would do with the new house if I bought a new house, I would probably go with a couple different makers. One would be Teller Morrison. Uh, Telemorrison does have the biggest homes in the market and they're up to about 4,200 square feet. Um, and if I didn't want such a big home and I was looking for a cheaper, I'd go with a smaller company. Now there's a bunch of small companies out there that you can look into. Um, it depends on where you're located, but, um, let's see. Homemakers, let's try, let's try homemakers, um, there are a few that I can probably look up here for you. Now, tiny homes. I could go over tiny homes today. That, that should be good, too. Uh, I'll go over that in a little bit, okay? So, tiny homes in a little bit. Um, let's go ahead and look at a few different companies. So, we have Cascade um, Factory Homes. Now, now, these are homes that are created... Uh, and most factories, of course, because they're factory, and they will move them to the area and then place them where you want. So you can buy land and, and have these homes put on there. The homes won't be as big as, highest one will be about a four bedroom, two bath, roughly 1836 square feet. Uh, and the smallest home uh, would probably be like um, a one bedroom, uh, 
I'd say a two-bedroom, one-bath. Maybe like uh, 1,143 square feet. Um, they, they are a bit cheaper. So they start about 55000 to build. And they go to about 167000 So this is a cheap way to make a house, to get a house, if you've already purchased the land. And, I mean, the houses end about, what, 1,836 square feet. 1,836 square feet is 167000 plus tax, about maybe $222,000. Why, homes for sale, let's look up at 1,800 square feet. So remember I said, uh, what was it, 167000 um, let's look up uh, Sacramento. So in Sacramento, 1,300 square foot house, it's 600000 So if you had land, your $183,000 house, $220,000, uh, is less as three times the amount of a, of a used um, 1,300 square foot house. But if you go in another area, 1797, here we are, 1815 square feet. So an 1815 square feet, two bedroom, two bath. So remember we're looking at a four bedroom, two bath for 183,000. Well, two bedroom, two bath sells for 530,000. And that house uh, build year is a 2005. So you can get a 2005 used home for 530000 which is a two-bedroom, two-bath. It actually looks very nice. It's been remodeled, it looks like. You have a pretty good-sized front yard. And your backyard is not too bad either. The whole lot size is 5500 5700 So this is one way to save money. Uh, $530,000 against your $183,000 uh, factory-made home. Or, I'm sorry, 167000 factory-made home. Um, and your 167000 factory-made home will end about two hundred to 220000 with closing costs. Why a $560,000 home uh, will end about five hundred and fifty to 562000 So you are saving a lot more money by having a factory-made home. Um, are they good? They're not bad. I mean, they are lifted foundations. They are created in a, in a uh, factory. It takes anywhere from six to six months to a year and a half to create. And they will plant it wherever you want it planted. Uh, the layout is very nice. You would have a very nice kitchen. Uh, pretty big one. You'll have a living room. Good size with an opt uh, guest closet. Uh, you'll have a master bedroom with a walk-in closet and a walk-in bathroom with a shower and a bathtub, so you two in one. And your kitchen will have a dining area, a kitchen and a back door, uh, with your other two rooms on the right side of the structure. Uh, why bigger models, the biggest model that they have, uh, the 1800, will have uh, a utility room, kitchen, dining area, a walk-in closet for the master, of course a walk-in bathroom with a door, a linen area in the master bedroom. Bathroom. Um, you can even get a shower and a, and a bathtub. And then a secondary bathroom, a bit smaller, but has everything. So there's a lot of different um, layouts for the, oh, what is that size? So it's 13, 8 by 7 by 13. It's a very nice models uh, for factory models. Why the used home here, um, pretty open. Yeah, pretty open. A small kitchen, small dining room, not too bad. Oh, they have a double dining room. So you have one in the kitchen. Uh, and then you'll have a next another dining room individual area, uh, like a dinette basically. And then the master bedroom is not very big. Not master bathroom is not very big. So kind of small master bedroom, master bathroom. But
But backyard has been redone with a back patio, um, a mini jacuzzi in the ground, and uh, a secondary patio. So this will save you a lot more. And it also has a, a whole barbecue section too. So this would save you money in the long run. So definitely one to, uh, to look at your options. I always like to look at all my options if I'm buying a house. And I think uh, this house, that's a second, um, I'd be the second owner it looks like, would be a better option than buying, um, oh wow, it seems like, yeah, it's got an in-ground jacuzzi. I think I've inspected this house actually. This looks very familiar. Where's it located? Yeah, Mill Valley Circle. I've actually inspected this house. Yeah. This looks very familiar. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I see the... This is the same jetted pool. It's kind of like a mini pool dash um, jacuzzi. It's even got like a little waterfall and everything. But yeah, I actually inspected this house. Ah, that's funny. It's up for sale again. I think I just inspected it last year. Yeah, it looks exactly the same. I could probably check my record and find it too. But it, it looks exactly, and the address looks exactly alike. So this looks very familiar. So yeah, I've been here. Um, this home attic, I believe, needed work. So they might have fixed that, you know. It's an HOA area. But yeah, it's um, 229 Mill Valley Circle in Natomas. Um And I, I inspected this in Sacramento, sorry. It's, it's Natomas Creek area. But I did inspect it, and it was a, a pretty nice, decent home. Very clean uh, interior. It's just the attic needed some work. Um, the HVAC uh, platform was a little had a previous water damage, and the um, insulation needed some uh, some more insulation in there. It was an R5, R6. It needed to be an R10. So that was the only issue there. But yeah, I mean... There's a lot of houses right now. The prices are ridiculous, though. Here's a good one. 275,000, two bedroom, one bath. Size is 1,000 square feet. Oh, this is in horrible condition. This needs a lot of work. This is definitely like a HUD home. Um, now... Should you go with a trailer, manufactured home, or regular house, either a, a single or a multifamily, uh, just know that when you're buying a home, uh, some of these older homes can have more issues than you know than we know. So getting a termite inspection and a home inspection may be the best bet. If it's a lifted foundation, I will always get a home inspection and a termite inspection. If it's not a lifted foundation and a slab, I will get the home inspection and I will look through it myself. I know you're not a, a home inspector yourself, but I am and I would be able to, to find those extra things. Now, I can't do my own home inspections. If I buy a house and the, the loan officer is requesting me get one, I cannot do my own inspection. So I literally have to look for someone else to do it. Who would I choose to do my <laughs> do my inspection? Well, first, I'll do the inspection, kind of like a, a preliminary look around and, and do my whole due diligence and do my inspection. That way I know what I'm looking for uh, and looking at. And then I'll hire a company, uh, probably independent, a uh, home inspector to come out and do it. And they, I, I'd probably go to the ASHI website, A-S-H-I-E, or, sorry, A-S-H-I website, so it's .com. And I would look through there to see um, in the area that I'm purchasing uh, a phone number of a company. So since I'm on, I'm an ASHI member, I have to have uh, my website and phone number on ASHI and I have to make sure that it's up to date. So that's something that I would definitely do. Uh, and then that way I know that they're ASHI, I know that they're, they're um, certified because they have to show the certification. Uh, you know, all that stuff's ready to go. So I'm, I'm very, uh, I'll be very safe there. So that's something that I would do. Um, you may, if you want to internachi, you would go to internachi.com and then you would look up your area and they'd find you someone 
This is a Mexican restaurant building for sale. And that way you can um, have that ready. Oh, yeah, it's a whole restaurant for sale. That's not bad. And then uh, once you have your inspection done, you, you can kind of... Um, Kind of feel like what what you're what you're looking at what you know kind of uh, amounts of damages and uh, repairs to save you money you know um, so definitely want to make sure that you're you're looking at everything and you're identifying the key issues of your home now what are the key issues when you're looking at a, a newer home you're going to look at the, the appliances the windows the flooring the carpet the stairs. Um, Upstairs, you're going to look at the walls and ceiling. There should be no settling cracks in a new house. I have seen some, though, which is really odd. New houses usually don't have it until after the second or third season, you know. So maybe like three three seasons, so six to, eight, six to nine months later, you'll see some, some cracks in the walls and window areas. And, that's, and the outside stucco as well. That's when you should be able to see what you're looking at and then they'll they'll steal those for free of course uh when you after you buy the house they'll come in after six months and do their um cosmetic cleanup uh they'll you know use caulking around the windows and then they'll repaint areas that need it and then exterior they'll do after a year um if you want to get a tiny home more likely you have land if you don't have land, you still want a tiny home. What I would suggest um, is getting a, a going to a motorhome park and seeing if you're able to use a tiny home in, in a motorhome park, not in an empty lot. I mean, you could do an empty lot; that wouldn't be bad. But you're paying for the lot fee of four fifty to five hundred twenty-five or more. Some I've heard up to six hundred twenty-five, um, and then you would put your tiny home on the lot. And then you'd have a bigger home and a tiny home. So two and one. That's a good idea. California has strictly more strict laws against tiny homes in certain areas. So lots and lot sizes have to be uh, measurmental size before you can actually put a tiny home there. And usually you can do it on half an acre. So half an acre lot is sufficient enough. It has to have water, electricity and uh, sewer now let's say you you buy land and it has none of those well the, you can contact the city and for a small fee they'll add the electrical and then for the um the sewer line it's about roughly two to three grand and if you don't have a um if you do not have a fire hydrant You'll have to have one added. That's another fifteen hundred, eight hundred to fifteen hundred, because they'll have to have a sidewalk for that. Um, and then, yeah, it gets it gets pretty high. I mean, it can be up to like usually permits are up to eight thousand. Um, if you have a lot and you're putting a new home on it, I mean, even if you do a factory purchase of one hundred eighty-three thousand or one hundred sixty-five thousand. Um, you have to put it on a lot. Then you're looking at um, really about six to eight thousand. And then if you're doing uh, a tiny home, it's a roughly a, still about four to five thousand. Um, but you have to have half an acre. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the good news. You don't have to worry about having too much land, and it's not that much for half an acre. Uh, let's see. Tiny homes are interesting because most tiny homes are self-sufficient. You don't need to have that stuff. Um, you will need electricity. I believe you will. You might feel like you don't need anything. You could do solar. Uh, but solar... Okay, so let's say you go solar. Let's just go through it. Um, solar panels for a tiny home. Now... You can only put maybe one on the roof. So you're putting a 6 kilowatt panel on the roof. Let's say you have enough room for two. So two 6 kilowatt panels. 
The rest would have to be on stands and would have to be on the ground. Now, there's restrictions. You can't put it next to your house and put it within a certain amount of distance from your house. If you're not running propane, you're running everything electric, including hot water heater, which you would use probably a 30 gallon. You would use a mini 30 gallon under the sink hot water heater for this. You could probably do it as all electric. Run a total of 200, probably about 200 kilowatt, 250 kilowatts. So you need 200 to 250, so 500 kilowatt system to a 950 kilowatt system. You could probably do it on land. You could probably run everything. That's your lights, your TV, your computer your hot water heater and if you have a small little dishwasher like the Chinese apartment type that would work and you could even do a um, washer or a dryer maybe you'd want to dry by hanging up your everything on a line and just wash it with a tiny washer that hooks up to your kitchen sink that's something that I would do. That seems more adequate anyway, because you don't want to do anything so crazy, you know, it's too much electricity, and it's a tiny home anyway, you don't have a lot of room. Um, but you could also do old school wash and dry outside as well, with your gray water, so you could use the shower, have the water stream out the back, um, into a pan, maybe a 40 gallon, and then use that water to wash your clothes because it's still clean water i mean well some of it sometimes depending how dirty you are i suppose if you take a shower every day you won't be as dirty um and then you would use a gray water stream off or a gray water filtered uh washer it's a mini washer that fits on top of your sink or your countertop and it can run on the trissy or you can have one that winds up and this is like, this is if you want to do boondock style, you know, out in the boondocks and you want to be off the grid. Uh, that's a really good way to do it. Uh, now these, these are methods that many people have used in Oregon. I used to live in Oregon and uh, a lot of people do live off the grid or try to live off the grid. There are sections where you have to, you have to live on the grid a little bit. Like sewer runoff. I mean, you could get one of those toilets that have the soil inside the bottom area so you go to the bathroom and then it has the soil and then you would use it as your um your soil for your plants for maybe like your tomatoes and your garden area that's uh like a mulch uh, you could do that a lot of people do that um now this is self-sustaining tiny home if you want to, if you're going to be on the grid, tiny home, when moving into a trailer park area and onto the the back area of a trailer park, uh, most tiny homes are, you know, 290 to 320 square feet. 400 is kind of big, uh, but some of them actually fit on the back of the truck, and you can tow them around to different areas. And you can use it as a um, as a home to stay in, in different areas. I mean, that's that's always an option. Um, I mean, this is all self-sustaining. But when it comes down to, to purchasing homes on the market, I mean, I still suggest uh, buying the 2005 home to meet your needs. Um, so definitely want to go into all that. When, when you're looking at tiny homes, you definitely want to contact your home inspector. Make sure he's doing his dil 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 due diligence and finding the, the proper... Um, things that you want and if he has a termite inspector definitely want to utilize them and get the termite inspections done all at once as well uh let's see what else can we do we can go over so over older homes and newer homes um so again when buying a newer home yeah you're not you're not free of everything you're still going to have some issues and when buying an older home yeah, the backyard and front yard is going to be an issue and worrying about all that good stuff. So, 
Yeah, you definitely want to make sure that you're in. Um, the area that you're in is not going to be, you know, higher. Like Sacramento, for example. I'm looking at the prices and they're just ridiculous. Way too high for a small home. I mean, just buying a, a tiny thousand square foot home is ridiculously overpriced. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it yet. I'd probably buy. If I was to buy now, let's say, let's say I am going to buy right now. This is me, me, Danny. Buying a, buying a house now. For my family size, I would probably look um, at an eighteen hundred square foot house to twenty two hundred square foot house. This is for a family of four with two or three dogs. Um, I would look for the best price home. Would probably be a two thousand to a two thousand and five, two thousand four. Um, that sets at five hundred and twenty-five thousand to five hundred and eighty-five thousand, maybe five ninety-five thousand, um, and that's a decent price. And this is in Sacramento. It's doable, very doable. Uh, because I am looking at homes that are 2,900 square feet, six bedroom, three baths in South uh, Sacramento area that sell for 590,000. Now, again, this is a over a 2,000 square foot house, almost 3,000 square feet, six bedrooms, three baths for 590,000. The lot size is 40855 So this is bigger than my lot size. And I have a 3985 square foot house now at a 7965 lot size for a six bedroom, four bath. And this home is six bedroom, three bath for 590000 I mean, this is not bad at all. This is a doable price too for the size and the land. Um, this is remarkable actually to find this home. Uh, so where is this located? Oh, it's in Del Paso. Del Paso Heights? No, I won't buy there. So, um, I gotta keep looking. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I'm still looking. So yeah, it's, it's a good home, but it's just not in the area that I want. Um, so let's keep looking here. Here's another one. 1707 square feet. Good size front, good size back. It's an older home though. I can't know. It's, it's before 1980s. I can't do that. Um, okay, here we go. This is, this is within my guideline. Okay, three bedroom, two and a half bath, 1926 square feet. For five sixty nine. This is actually a really nice area, fifty two twenty seven for the lot. This is in West Sacramento. This is a very nice area. West Sacramento is very expensive, so this is not bad for a West Sacramento home. Kitchen's kind of small, but I can remove the island and make more room. So this is kind of like the things that I'm looking at. I would remove the middle island. Uh, I'd stretch it out to make the kitchen bigger. Looks like it has a see-through to the living room. The living room is pretty big. It's an upstairs, downstairs. It's got a small loft. Yeah, this is very doable. It's a good size home. Backyard's pretty big. Yeah, I've never actually been here on this side. It's on the other side of the river, near, not even close to the railroad, railroad tracks either. It's pretty far from the railroad tracks. So this is very decent. This is something that I would look at. Um, yeah, this is nice. So, yeah, so you can see what I'm looking at. I, I'm thinking about doing stuff to it already. It's a 2002. Uh, it's two-story. So I can open up the kitchen a bit. I'm looking at the master bedroom, right? Master bathroom. It does have a bathtub. It does have a shower. Shower's a little bit older, so I'd probably change that out. So I'd have to, I know I need $5,000 more for this. Um, the kitchen... Probably another five, so ten thousand in total. 
I want to redo the cabinets. I could probably repaint the cabinets, actually. Save money. I would do the bathrooms, the bedrooms. I would do everything. I would repaint everything. So it more likely would be about $13,550, maybe $13,580 for all my repairs. Uh, repainting the outside interior. Now, how am I going to be able to paint the outside for $5,000? Uh, the normal price to repaint a house is roughly about 3000 And this is for... Um, a 2,600 square foot house. This house is only 1,926 square feet. So I could definitely buy the paint for about $800 and either pay labor of $1,750 to $2,000 for the, the house exterior. And then interior kitchen, I can redo, all, and the bathroom, I can redo all the cabinets and um, by just taking them all off the hinges, take them to the backyard and start spray painting them um, with an interior uh, wood cover paint. And then the kitchen, taking out the island is not hard to do, actually. It's very easy. It's all tile. So I can just break the top, take all the cabinets off, break the top, uh, and then just tear it down with a screwdriver or a drill. I'd more likely use a drill. <laughs> I don't want to hurt my hands. My arms would hurt if I use a regular screwdriver. So, yeah, I would use a drill. Um, and then take everything out to the, to the front. And then you have a two times to three times a year pickup. So I would have everything picked up the following Tuesday, um, including whatever else I, I found I want to get rid of. If I want to change the countertops, <clears throat> excuse me, I would look at about 15000 The size, let's see, the bathrooms are a, a tile already. Okay, so the bathrooms is actually granite, but the kitchen's all tile. So I know the kitchen I will need to change out. Um, to granite, so it's roughly about fourteen forty to sixteen eighty for the granite, and then cutting it for the the sink. Um, I'll probably get professional to do that. About seven hundred fifty dollars to ten fifty. So yeah, it would save me a lot of money doing a lot of this stuff myself, buying the material and then just having someone do the labor. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, it would be the best bet. Yeah, I can repaint all that. It looks good. I could probably change it all out for cheap, too. A couple thousand. Uh, carpet does not look good. Carpet looks horrible. Downstairs has tile with carpet. So the kitchen, I would I would keep the tile. I would keep the, the carpet. I Probably I would change out the carpet, put wood floors in the living room. Uh, do it myself. Save money. Uh, it's 195 a foot. For regular wood, or I would do vinyl at two ninety five a square. Um, so it's about roughly a thousand dollars for wood floors, or um, about eighteen fifty to two thousand dollars for um, vinyl. So let's see. Um, the bathrooms don't look bad, but oh my gosh, upstairs, bathroom, hall, bathroom, it has carpet. I don't want that. I'd get rid of it. Um, yeah, it's not bad. So yeah, this is a good house. Good size, good price. So I'm looking at about roughly five sixty-nine thousand plus 20000 plus closing costs, so about six ten six fifteen thousand out the door. Hundred and twenty-two thousand down. Ooh, that's kind of pricey for the down. But it's in West Sac, one of the best areas. But anyway, that's about it for today. I just wanted to go over that with you and, and show you what the difference between new houses and old houses. Let me go to a new house, actually, a new house build, and see what I would need to do to it. We're the last closing here. New home. Let's do. Um, I'll do Lenore. Let's do Taylor Morrison. So, Morrison's new homes. So, the problem with Taylor Morrison is their new homes actually get sold out pretty quick. Oh, no. They'll be on a waiting list. So, that would be an issue. It's like something just fell. Okay. So, new home. Okay. We have new homes. What's the price of a new home? Now, we just went over the older homes. 
So let's look about buying a new home. Oh goodness, they are pricey. So buying a new home, about a hundred thousand dollars more. My goodness, they weren't kidding. Yeah, so buying a new home, you're about $125,000 more, roughly. Somewhere about $100,000 more. So, let me go. Let me see, what a new home here. Okay, so this is a new build in California. Let's go to Sacramento. I don't want to go to the Bay Area. Okay, here, oh my goodness, yeah, it's pricey. 672000 for 1733 square feet. 672000 Let's go lower. Uh, 1,500 square feet. 1,500 square feet, 492000 Let's go to a new home in Elk Grove. 564,000. That's not bad, but let's look at a used home in Elk Grove. Um, where's Elk Grove? Okay, here we are, Elk Grove. So, oh my, yeah, way overpriced. Okay, so it's five night. Oh, that's an eight bedroom. Um, okay, new home, 632,999. Zero. Let's go to an older home. Uh, these are all new homes. Okay. It showed me all. <laughs> it showed me all the the uh, new homes. None of the older homes. Okay, here we are. Okay. Let me see. I found Elk Grove again. Um. Elk Grove. Okay, Elk Grove. I found Elk Grove. It looks like Elk Grove. There isn't any homes for sale. Oh, here we are. 499. Three bedroom, three bath. 1372 square feet. 499,000. So, if we have an older home that was built it's like four years ago. What year is this? 1996, okay, a 1996 home for 1376 square feet, sold for 499000 And we go to a brand new built home in Elk Grove. And that sells for 1,300 square feet. 559000 That's a new home. So the old home is four ninety nine. The new home is five fifty nine. So it's about fifty thousand dollars more. Yeah, that's pricey. Yeah, so newer homes are more expensive than older homes. First time it's been like that for since nineteen nine two thousand five. So I mean that's kinda high, yeah. So just understand that when you buy a new home, you're not buying it. You're not buying it cheaper than if you were to buy an older home. You're probably buying it more expensive than if you were to buy a newer, uh, an older home. So definitely want to make sure you know this and uh, and understand when you're buying a home, look at all your options. And I, I hope you the best. And congratulations if you just buy a new home, but definitely get that home inspection. And that way you can don't have to worry about all the. Um, the issues, you know, and if there is issues, you know what you're buying. Some inspectors, uh, especially companies like mine, uh, we offer a discount for second and third inspections. So don't forget to check us out, uh, Home Inspection Services, LLC. Um, and then you can see our deals on our website at home-inspection-home-inspection-forward-not that backslash whatever it's just a dash uh middle middle dash forward so home dash inspection dash services dash llc.com all right well wish you the best 
Enjoy yourself. Uh, thank you so much for listening to me and joining our podcast today. And we'll have more coming up soon. Um, enjoy yourselves. Enjoy the summer, the rest of it. That's anyway. And soon we'll have um, the winter season coming up. So thank you so much. I'll be closing here. And I'll talk to you all soon. Very, very soon. I'll be doing more podcasts now that we're slowing down. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great month. I'll talk to you soon.